Hi there, I'm James Dapache and this is Coffee and a Case Note. Team, today we're going to talk about an application for leave to bring a derivative action. And as you may remember from our previous chats on this topic, what that essentially is about is a shareholder, sometimes some other parties in a company, wanting to stand in the shoes of that company and say, hey, the company's not bringing this claim. I want to come and bring that claim on behalf of the company. Right, so you come to the court to ask the court's help to do that. And as you might remember, some of the examples we've got in the past of when this will happen is when the shareholders are seething and grumpy with the directors because they think the directors have done the wrong thing and the directors are not going to make the company sue themselves. So it's often what we call a breach of director's duties claim. Today it's similar but slightly different. So we've got the shareholder in what we might loosely call a family company and this matter relates to a number of reasonably uh, well-funded family entities that are related to each other. And what our plaintiff today says is my company, the company I own shares of some of, uh, is owed a debt of about $10 million by the trustee of this family trust over here. And I want to come stand in the shoes of the company to come and chase that $10 million and get it back. What I also want to do is I want to cause the company, I want to stand in the shoes of the company to sue some of the directors that caused this company to enter into this loan because there's no interest being paid on it. And there are queries about whether the company that we've loaned money to, this family trustee company, whether it's going to be able to pay back the loan. And so the directors made this company enter into the loan where there are queries about interest, queries about it being paid back. They breached their duties. I want to sue them and I want to sue this other company to get the money back. Right. As you may recall, Section 236, and for the purpose of this little bit of the discussion, Section 237 kind of govern the way applications like this run. And there are essentially five criteria that an applicant for leave in relation to a solvent company, a company that's not in liquidation, um, need to satisfy in order to successfully get leave to stand in the shoes of a company. They've got to prove the company is not going to bring the proceedings themselves. Well, there's a big tick there. Uh, everyone accepts the company here is not going to go and sue this other company. And indeed, there's a resolution of the board that I'll have to tell you about in a moment. Uh, there's the fifth criterion is a notice criterion. And all the parties go, yeah, 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 that's fine. The notice was given. These other three criteria are a little more complicated. There's a satisfaction that the court must have that the application is brought in good faith. There's got to be satisfaction that the application is in the best interests of the company for that particular applicant to be standing in the shoes of the company. And the court has to be satisfied there's a serious question to be tried. Right? They've got to be satisfied that there's a real claim underneath here, there's a real chance of winning, because we don't want to go and give leave to people to go and sue in the name of the company if there's no real claim under there. So good faith was complex. And the court actually didn't come to a final position on good faith due to those other two criteria, and we'll get to that in a moment. But in essence, often when a shareholder is trying to stand in the shoes of a company, they're trying to get some money into the company, and so increase the amount of money the company has, and therefore, so the logic goes, increase the value of their shares in the company. And that's perfectly fine for a good faith test, speaking generally, and you can imagine why. Even if there's a bit of personal animus, a bit of grumpiness, with uh, the person that the applicant wants the company to chase. The idea of you know, pursuing a legitimate claim for money is essentially enough for good faith. Now, the court didn't come to a final position on that in this case, and we're gonna get into some of the fiddly nuts and bolts on why shortly. 
Best interest of the company was a challenging part of this. I'm going to need to give you some more background so you can understand. All these family entities that I referred to earlier were part of a fairly complex, fiddly, heavily disputed family relationship with lots of little different bits of litigation going on. Indeed, one of the defendants that our plaintiff was looking to sue um, was uh, their 98-year-old mother, both in their personal capacity, their, the mother's personal capacity, and in the mother's capacity of uh, as executor of the estate of their father. So, uh, you know, Christmases are going to be awkward in this family, but uh, that's life. So, a lot of different entities related together. And as part of settlement of a different set of disputes involving some of these family entities, the board of the company we're talking about today became constituted by two of the siblings who were part of the family disputes and one independent person. And this was an arrangement everyone sort of agreed on to try to bring the governance of this company and some of the other companies in the group into line to put an independent person in there and try to sort of get things back on the right track. Now, interestingly, it was a decision of that board that included the independent board member not to go and sue this related family trustee company for that $10 million I told you about at the start. That board had sat down and gone, shall we sue for this 10 million now? And the answer was no, we're not gonna do that now. Which is not to say we won't do it in future, not to say we're gonna forgive the debt, but we're not gonna do it now. Now, essentially what the plaintiff was trying to do was to, as the court described it, sidestep or outflank that decision. And what the court found, speaking very broadly, was that it's not really in the best interests of the company to be, to be going around uh, getting leave from the court for shareholders to go around the legitimate decisions of the directors of the company. And if directors are there making decisions for sort of the business interests of the company, then it would appear, I withdraw it would appear, then it is, uh, there ought to be a strong prejudice, if I can put it that way, on the part of the court not to come and interfere with commercial decisions. And perhaps that's amplified slightly when one of the people making those commercial decisions is completely independent, right? Has no skin in the game. This is that independent director I'm referring to. And so the court said, well, it doesn't look really like it's in the best interest of the company to grant this leave. And then the court considers, well, is it in the best interest of the company for the plaintiff to be granted this leave? Well, the plaintiff offered what's called an indemnity uh, that often happens in these sorts of applications. And essentially that's saying, hey, if I get leave to sue, to stand in the shoes of the company, the company loses and the company has to pay costs, I'll indemnify the company for that so the company won't be underwater in relation to those legal fees. Well, the plaintiff gave that indemnity. The challenging part was the plaintiff didn't put much evidence before the court that they themselves had capacity to pay they sort of said, hey, I've got some property development companies that have got access to credit and I can manage those relationships in a way that allow me to indemnify the company. So there's a challenge that, you know, how, how confident could the court be in that indemnity with the greatest of respect? There's another element where um, there was sort of a challenge uh, that the court faced of, well, um, is this really just uh, a way for the plaintiff as sort of one half of the family, you know, one faction in the family to project their rights? Um, is that really going to be something that the plaintiff is going to be able to separate their thinking about? To be like, okay, no, 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 I need to bear the best interests of the company in mind rather than my own best interests. Um, and the court was not absolutely positive and certain about that. And that was especially in circumstances where the plaintiff had evidence before the court that they were not going to instruct new independent lawyers if they were granting leave. They were just going to use the same lawyers they'd used to run this argument. 
And so um, there's a real question about the independence that sort of led the court to say, look, it's not really in the best interests of the company to grant leave to the plaintiff to run this piece of litigation. Now, the court came to a similar conclusion for similar but not identical reasons in relation to leave being granted to pursue the directors, to pursue mum, dad's estate, and a couple of other uh, third parties for accessorial liability as well. Serious question to be tried? Well, the court found there's no real serious question about these third parties. It wasn't really pleaded in a way that was particularised, and the claim sort of was internally contradictory. Like on, the, on the pleadings, the plaintiff's unable to really say, well, hang on, you've, su you've lent money to a company with no money, or it's a company that is going to pay back slowly, or it's statute barred, or it will become statute barred. And it was just sort of difficult for the court to figure it out. And in essence, the plaintiff was bound to the way those pleadings had been assembled. And the court said, well, there's no serious question to be tried on the way this has been pleaded. In relation to the claim against the company, um, the serious question to be tried uh, was uh, more arguable, less certain, but because of what had been found in relation to the best interests and the challenging position there, uh, leave was not granted. And so what we find is when we work through our five derivative action criteria, that the best interests uh, for the plaintiff to be affected uh, and that serious question to be tried are really decisive in this matter. And the court says to the plaintiff, uh, with the greatest of respect, uh, no, uh, your application for leave to stand in the company's shoes is dismissed. And as you might imagine, there'll be a reasonably strong argument uh, in relation to the costs of that application being made uh, in future. Thanks for your time discussing it today. Hope that chat assisted you. And I look forward to joining you again soon for another coffee and another case note. Cheers.